In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Bravo Docket. We hope you all had an amazing holiday. I know both of us did, even though it was a, an untraditional holiday for us both. <laughs> I think COVID, sickness, you know, you name it. <laughs> but there was still so much going on, even when we were like trying to take a break. And for those who saw our Instagram, we decided to do some research on Noella and Sweet James, and we posted a little preview of our research over the holidays. And that's actually the topic of this episode. Over break, I was staying at my in-laws and ended up having time to do a lot of research. And man, James and Noella have a lot of things to say on Instagram. And they... (laughs) This... James had a divorce, not just with Noella and with his ex-wife, but also with his former uh, law partner in California. And it was a messy business divorce. So we're going to go over all of it. All of it. It's like a lot of things. (laughs) There's so much, so much. And I like just want to remind people that this isn't our personal opinion about anything. We're just like summarizing things that we read in pleadings, legal filings. Some people kind of like were a little upset with our post on Instagram, but we're not posting things to bring anyone down or like, I don't know, choose a side. There are no sides. So we, we just post what we read. Yeah. I mean, and, and people were great about it, but also, I mean, it did seem, I think some people thought maybe we were picking on Noella a little bit, which we absolutely did not intend to do. It was just, these are just facts and things that have been alleged in pleadings. And I think since then, more has come out from both Noella and James. And so people, I think, are a little more nuanced about their feelings now. Yeah. So let's get into it. I think the natural way to do this is to give a little background on Sweet James and his practice. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I, you know, have been in Texas and on the East Coast and in the Midwest. So I was not familiar with Sweet James. I hadn't 
seen any of his commercials or anything before. So when this came up, I uh, Googled and found some, and he's got a very big social media presence and then radio presence with his Sweet James brand. He has kind of like a baseball font for his name. Sweet James is not something I would have picked for a plaintiff's attorney's firm. It's I don't tend to think, and I think most people don't tend to think of attorneys as sweet you know that's i thought that was sweet. <laughs> you're sweet <laughs> i used to be sweet i don't think i am anymore I'm oh no i'm not sweet i'm practicing law too long um but i thought that was that was an unusual i mean it's a choice that i thought it was kind of an unusual choice uh for a plaintiff's attorney i think people normally and maybe just because i'm in texas but like texas plaintiff's attorney hammer they want I know to one tough. in Texas. It was like the hammer. Yeah, like, the the law hawk, the hammer. Yeah. It's like you know we fight for you. And there's I forget who it is here, but they have like all the billboards, and he looks super tough. Like he's mm-hmm. like staring like pensively and kind of meanly off into the distance in a black and white picture. And so that's kind of what I'm used to. Not the sweet James baseball font. He uh, does have a sweet smile though. Like to okay, be fair. so not to jump ahead, but I played. Um, one of his Instagram videos where he was defending himself yeah. for my husband. And John was like, wow, he seems like a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. That was like There's his initial about impression. Him. I think like the way he smiles comes off really genuine. I don't know. Well, he looks very non-threatening. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. look like he's like, he looks like if he was walking behind me in a parking lot, I would probably be less afraid. You know, it's like, there's some guys for you and you're just naturally like, I'm going to put my keys through my fingers, you know, even Mm -hmm. if they're not doing anything wrong. He looks very non-threatening, I guess. And that smart plaintiff's attorneys know how they appear to other people and they play that up and they use it to their advantage. So he's definitely, I think, done that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I work with people in LA, and they like my coworkers that are also fans of the show were telling me that like his billboards are literally everywhere. There's apparently like one really close to where my parents live, so I need to go visit just so I can go see it. But it, supposedly his billboards are literally everywhere in LA. Well, as you're going to talk about when you discuss the trademark suit, he has spent a ton of money, so they should be everywhere with the amount of money he claims to have spent. Um, okay, but a little background on him. So they're both from Utah, and actually, I so Sweet James and his first wife are both from Utah. Um, and then I looked on Noella's Instagram, and there's actually a picture of her with Meredith Marks because I was kind of wondering if with her with their Utah connections, if they knew any of the Salt Lake City um, uh, castmates or whatever cast members. Mm-hmm. They married on January twentieth, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, they were married for eighteen years. They don't have any children together. His first wife, I'm not going to like mention her by name just because she didn't choose to be on TV. That was uh, Noella's choice. And it, depending on which one you listen to, his choice to or not, or I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, his first wife seems like just a really lovely person. She's got a YouTube channel where she teaches art. She seems very normal, very not real housewifey, like very sweet, normal just kind person who kind of actually matches the demeanor that he sort of puts out. So she has a bachelor's in fine art and master of letters. Do you know what a master of letters is? I don't know what that is. And according mm. to court docs filed by, by his first wife, she supported James and herself while James got his law degree. Um, and that's from her spousal support petition. Hmm. Master of letters. 
postgraduate degree in select British and Irish universities. I, I don't know what it is for, though. Interesting. Someone will tell us. Someone yeah. will tell us, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll, we will learn. It's always nice when our listeners provide us with, like, useful information. So anyway, so he's built up this huge brand with his plaintiff's attorney billboards and then radio appearances. Oh, apparently he was on a radio program with, with called Justice with Sweet James, where he, like, talked about that. He was the official attorney of the Los Angeles Clippers, which I didn't know. <laughs> That's cool. That that was a thing. Yeah. And so he would distribute t-shirts at those games. So Ceci's going to talk about the trademark lawsuits for this, but he has spent at least $50 million promoting the Sweet James trademark, including $10 million in the past 12 months alone. And that was from the petition that was filed in 2020. Yeah, so I don't want to go, like, too in-depth in the law on this, but just to point out, like, it seems like he's very protective of his trademark. Um, Like you said, he spent millions and millions of dollars in promoting it, um, which is important when you're filing this kind of petition to prove, like, the strength of the brand and the mark that you have. So he filed against a competitor personal injury law firm in the area that was doing this thing, like, it's really cool. I geek out over this stuff, like search engine optimization, where you, like, purchase certain keywords. So when someone does a Google search for something, your business pops up. So he claims that this competing law firm purchased, like, Sweet James, not, not like, the domain or anything, but, like, used put in bids using the term Sweet James so that anytime anyone Googled Sweet James, this competitor law firm's firm would pop up. And okay, so this courts- is wait, this is fascinating to me because I don't know. This is like one area of the law that I actually don't know anything about, <sighs> and I've never litigated in. I've never had a client. I, I, I even like on an ancillary like basis, I don't know anything about. So it's super fascinating to me. So like, how is it wrong if it's like the free market if somebody gets that? Yeah, you know, name and the and the SEO So that's what I was going to say. Like it's um, courts are kind of split, and it's kind of gray right now because. It's not necessarily, well, courts are mixed up about this, like whether or not it's straight infringement, trademark infringement, just by purchasing the name, you know, and and Mm -hmm. for search optimization purposes, Um, at least in the Second Circuit, which is the circuit that governs like New York, at least in the Second Circuit, you that's not just like straight trademark. You still have to look at certain factors, like whether or not a person, like a normal person looking this up or looking at this would be confused between the two brands like i don't know like if they saw this competitor's website if they were like oh they belong with sweet james that would then lead to maybe a finding that there is some general confusion that should lead to a finding that there was trademark infringement so it's really about consumer confusion like whether or not the consumer would be confused based on this law firm's actions does that make sense that makes sense because it's like if you are doing it in a way that it makes it confusing, like if you're not Ikea, but then you're buying like Ikea as a search term or whatever, and then you also have like a furniture store and it's like confu- it somehow becomes confusing or you look like you're associated with Ikea. That makes sense to me for like a trademark infringement type thing. But if you're not doing it in a way that's confusing, then, yeah, I would be like, well, that person paid for it and got it like this is America. That's how the free yeah. market works. Yeah. Yeah. So I am like dabbling in trademark litigation. I mainly do copyright litigation, which is different. 
trademark litigation and trademark claims seem to like put it on the onus of the consumer. So whether or not the consumer would be confused. Copyright is a little bit cleaner. Like if you're copying someone's image, that's a little bit easier to prove. This is a balancing test that goes into it. And there's like eight factors. So at least in the Second Circuit, I haven't looked up like the Ninth Circuit, which is what governs California. Balancing tests are great for attorneys because that gives us a lot to argue about, a lot of billable <laughs> hours. Whenever you're doing something with a balancing test, it's always like, oh, this is a this case will, you know. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to go through each one and yeah. prove it or like disprove it. Right. In trademark cases, a lot of what you do is like do consumer surveys. So you do market research for your litigation to see whether or not there is consumer confusion, wow. you know, to like support the confusion claim. You go out and like put surveys out there. So if you see and a survey where you're like. And those can be manipulated like, so much with the way you word the questions <laughs> and everything. Like that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. But then you like use that as evidence in your claims, in your lawsuit or whatever throughout discovery to say, yeah, there is consumer confusion because look, the, the market population that we target is confused by this. Right. So, of course, there's confusion. I guess, like, in this case, Sweet James would have, like, put out a survey to personal people who had gotten in accidents and, like, who would you choose? Are they the same people? Anyway, so the search engine optimization thing was one part of his claim. The other one was that this law firm was representing that they were under the umbrella of Sweet James and they weren't. Wait, I don't, I didn't look up what happened to this lawsuit. I, I was going to, I and then I stopped. Okay. Notice of voluntary dismissal filed by plaintiff Sweet James. So yeah, it's settled. Is this, it was it? Oh, he filed it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the outcome of that was that they settled. Frustrating for the us. Probably good for them. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what happened? <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe we could like Google the firm and see if they still pop up when you, you know. Yeah. Well, no. Now, if you Google Sweet James, there's like a now million other things that pop up. Now, if you put in Sweet James, up. it's like his stuff with Noella pops up and the fact that he has federal tax liens. So he spent all that time and money. <laughs> Actually, he still comes up first, like his uh, his firm. Well, it's so better. He spent $50 million. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> yeah. So good news is if you spend $50 million, you still top the Google searches, even if your ex-wife is a real housewife of Orange County. So... <laughs> That's now you know. Now you know. Anyway, so Sweet James and he has this firm, and then it becomes so it's Bergener and Mayorowski. Mayorowski is James versus I'm just Sam. Call him Sam. Basically, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say Sam. So they are law partners, and in California, you have to have a professional corporation. You can't have an LLC for your law firm. Um, and it was just James's firm. And then after Sam goes to law school, because he worked at the firm and did marketing, and then he goes to law school, same, Sam, it appears, bought half of the firm. And so it became 50-50. And when you have a professional corporation like that in California, you have to like, have, you know, file all this stuff and you've got to have um, your bylaws and you have a board of directors and it was just the two of them. And that's sometimes I will say having litigated business disputes on both sides, it's uh, difficult if there's only two of you because <laughs> like a Leviathan can't have two heads. I think that's John Hobbs or anyway, but like you, there's no third person to like cast a vote and so the mm -hmm. two of you, and it usually starts out with people really well, like they're getting along. It's a lot like a marriage. 
Um, but then when there's disagreements, it's just one person against the other person. So that becomes difficult to resolve. And in this case, there was a essentially uh, what ended up being a business divorce. And both of them filed complaints and cross complaints against each other, saying that they were breaching fiduciary duties. And these complaints are juicy. So, so juicy. So, <laughs> so more like quick, boring law stuff, but like the fiduciary duty that means like if you are a member of a professional corporation and or maybe you're a real estate agent or whatever, you owe a duty to the people that you're representing or the, the company that you're a part of. And so both of them had a fiduciary duty to the professional corporation. And anything that they do on behalf of the corporation is supposed to be in the best interests of that professional corporation. And if either if you do something where you are um, like say setting up like a competitor, uh, law firm secretly while you're still part of that law firm, or you are uh, referring clients out to a different firm and getting kickbacks, those types of things would be a breach of your fiduciary duty to the professional corporation. So, Ceci, do you want to talk, yeah. like, introduce this, like, law firm breakup <laughs> lawsuit? <laughs> yeah. So, we'll start with Sam's lawsuit or Sam, Sam's complaint. Um, he claims he was appointed as a oh sorry hold on let me back up so before they like filed their complaints they like hired a provisional director to assist with decisions that were outstanding um we'll we'll get to it but things got so bad that they couldn't make business decisions anymore so they like hired someone to help them make decisions and sam was like if we cannot resolve this stuff just dissolve the company yeah that's what he started with yeah um, so, yeah, like Angela mentioned, he claims that they started working together in 2004. He was added to the firm. Sweet James changed the law firm's name, um, and it was both of their names on the firm. It was a personal injury law firm. Sam claims that James started exhibiting erratic behavior, and this is where it gets wonky. <laughs> And this is all alleged. This is all in the complaint. According to him, he says it started with his personal relationships, with James's personal relationships. He said that as of 2019, Sweet James was still married to his wife. But on December 31st, 2017, Sweet James had a fake wedding to Noella. He said it was officiated by a radio personality attended by many firm clients, but claims that many clients and supporters were really uncomfortable because they knew Sweet James was still married to his first wife. Do you want to talk about her and all that? Yes. Okay. Let me find my notes on this because, so his first wife, again, they apparently met in Utah. I think they seemed like very normal, nice couple. But So she talks about in her spousal support, petition how they lived because like she's filing for divorce in California which is a community property state and so she's having to like tell the court look this was the standard of living that we had and what she describes honestly sounds pretty awesome (laughs) (laughs) okay so she says our and this is a quote our marital standard of living was upper class we owned and continue to own two homes in excellent Irvine neighborhoods the one in which we and later James previously resided and over which he has general control is worth approximately $1.1 million. It appears to be vacant. I learned through a third party that James lives in a rented home with his girlfriend on the water in the Crystal Cove neighborhood. 
The home in which I live is worth approximately $2 million. We currently own at least 10 vehicles, including three, like there's only two of them to drive around, but they have 10 vehicles, including three high-end Porsche vehicles worth more than $100,000 each, a Ferrari, a Jaguar, recreation vehicles, and three motorcycles. We have been able to build numerous retirement accounts during the marriage. And she says, James and I went on shopping trips together at places such as Neiman Marcus, and he would say, quote, buy something fun, exclamation point. We also purchased custom furniture. When we traveled, we typically flew first class if we did not fly on our own jet. So one thing I just want to just interject here is that you probably, unless somebody is also a pilot and has like a pilot's license to fly jets, I, you shouldn't trust somebody that has their own plane unless they have like a billion dollars because it's just, they're so expensive. But that's just a side note. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> we took numerous trips. Uh, we stayed at the best hotels. This is all this is all from legal documents, uh, including a 10-day trip to Norway. We flew to Germany to pick up one of James's Porsche vehicles. We drove it to numerous countries and then shipped it by boat to the United States. I mean, all of this... Oh, apparently that's cheaper. Yeah, but it's it also just it sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I know. I've looked into that before, though. It is, like, cheaper to get your car in Germany and yeah. then, like, ship it over. I've heard that, anyway. too. Like, if you're buying a car, like, yeah. at that level, and then you can, like, drive it on the Autobahn and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we used private jets to fly all over the United States as we followed one of James's favorite bands for eight days and attended their concerts. It does not say what his what? favorite what band. I don't know. So I'm like, I was like, that's annoying. I know. I really wanted to know. Wait, where was it? Did she say? It's all over the United the- States. So they followed one of his. Fa- mm. I bet if you look on, I bet he's like a fish head. I don't hate me, listeners, but I cannot stand fish. <laughs> I don't think I've ever listened to fish. I they're, just know that there are fish heads. Okay, like I have like ADHD and their songs don't end and you don't know when they're going to end. And it's like I've had friends <laughs> that are super into fish and I was like, I've literally like hid under a bed to try to get away from the fish because I'm like, it can't, it's not ending. Like this. Yeah, I really don't think I've ever listened to them. Well, their songs don't end. It's like there's no beginning and no end and you don't know when they're going to end. And I, it's just not my thing. <laughs> and I, they're a lovely people great band that makes a lot of people happy. It's just not for me. Okay, so they took three European art trips to places like Spain and Italy, Germany and Prague. And then she says that he would join me for a week or so. So she's like, you know, doing art trips in like beautiful European countries and cities. And then he'll just join her for a week. Um, We took so many fun trips to Chicago, San Francisco and other cities. I also generally flew to Utah once or twice each month to see my family during our marriage. So they did maintain like close contacts or she did at least to she's flying on her private jet back to Utah to see the fam. And then she says, okay, petitioner's 2017 K-1, that's the corporation income from the law corporation was $4,425,055. Plus eighty five thousand in salary, according to the corporate returns. Uh, James's income was more than doubled between two thousand and fifteen and the end of two thousand seventeen. So apparently, all of his advertising and everything was working. So the getting back to the business lawsuit, she says in her spousal support petition, which was filed in when was it filed? Uh, February twentieth, twenty twenty, that. Uh, James has shared that he has been in dispute with a business partner and that she has been told through third parties that he may have bought out that partner. And she says she's completely in the darkest of these circumstances. So she says she needs to conduct, conduct discovery. She also talks about needing experts. And so if you watch The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, uh, you heard Sutton discuss the forensic accountants. So she says she's going to need mm-hmm. one of those, which, yes, ma'am, I think you do. 
Um, and then she says she talks about needing experts to value the cars and then a commercial, a commercial appraiser to value the office building owned by one of his companies, which is called Big Man on Campus LLC, which, by the way, I kind of hate that name. Um, so <laughs> I agree. <laughs> after this, after this was filed. Sorry, I like. Yeah. Zoned out for I'm listening to you, but I was really trying to figure out what <laughs> what his band. Did was. you figure it out? And I. No, I cannot. I'm wondering if it's like I on can't. there's something like on the law firm Instagram or something that shows them. I'm really trying to find it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so shortly after this uh, spousal support petition was filed, a protective order was put in place. Okay. So here's the other thing: she was getting about 40k a month in voluntary spousal support, and she says that those the reason why she filed this was because those payments just suddenly stopped. And she says, you know, she has no like a lot of these wealthy women that we see on Real Housewives, for example. She says she doesn't really know anything about the finances, and she she doesn't know where it is, and she's entirely relying on his benevolence and goodwill to be able to have the money to pay like the mortgage payments on these houses and insurance and all of these things. And so she says her monthly expenses are close to like $30,000 a month. And with all the stuff they have, that makes sense. Uh, I found it. Oh, you found it. What is it? What was his favorite band? The Sex Pistols. What? Are they still touring? The Sex Pistols. <laughs> I, I, I thought most of them were dead. That's like an old... I mean, that's an old punk band. I used to listen to punk, there's a, to punk music. There's an article about it on his law firm website. Sweet James has been a fan of the Sex Pistols since his youth and Jonesy's Jukebox since it debuted in 2003. That's, I guess, like a, okay, but like, a radio thing. The original, like a bunch of the original Sex Pistols are dead. I guess one of them is still alive and has retained James. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Seacrest is also called sweet james for legal advice apparently anyway sorry i just that was Wait, so it's on the sweet james <laughs> website like yeah like i would There's not have guessed that i would have guessed something like fish like what you were saying like and again like i used to listen to punk music in high school and that's that that's He's probably gonna call us out for calling him a <laughs> fish <head. laughs> well i mean that's kind of what like i wouldn't look at him and think that's the vibe. Sex. He doesn't give off a Sex Pistols vibe, even though Noella Mm-mm. has loudly and frequently, even on the only four episodes she's been on, discussed their sex dungeon somehow in like every episode. So I want to know. Um, yeah. Okay. Sorry, you were saying really cool stuff though about what she received. Oh, so she was. She had been. He had been voluntarily, according to her, giving her forty thousand dollars a month in spousal support, and that those payments just ceased in like October of 2019 and um, it wasn't clear whether they started back up again but it's it was clear that she was entirely relying on his benevolence to be able to she's you know she doesn't have any income of her own and she's never had to um, and he supported her for 18 yeah. years I guess she was supporting him and then you know his law firm did really well and she uh, there was no reason for her to think she would need that. It also, I mean, they don't have any kids together with the first wife, and it's like the timeline is really wonky. And so, like, James on his Instagram has been posting, and he has mentioned specifically how he wasn't able to have kids with his first wife, and then Noella went through IVF, which, by the way, is a horrifying process. Like, there's, it's just gut 
wrenching and hard in every possible way. And if anyone is going through infertility stuff, um, like that is just so difficult and in ways that like, it's like hard to even comprehend, but like, so I feel for her for that. And then he says they ended up using a surrogate. So they tried to get pregnant for like two years and then they have like a two year old Mm -hmm. son now and they used a surrogate in the country of Georgia. And this is all stuff that for whatever reason, sweet James decides to do Instagram videos on, um, on uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's like, I, and he talks about like how they did surrogacy in the country of Georgia and in the country of Georgia, they do like, there are surrogate program and like IVF programs there that they do advertise saying like, we've made this easy on you for you to come to our country and, you know, do our surrogacy process. And it's like on, cause I actually had never heard of that even though I have some familiarity with this stuff. And so I Googled it and it's like the first thing that pops up is the website and it's like, here are egg donors and here's blah, blah, blah. So, but he's, for whatever reason was posting about this, I think to like prove that he loves his son or something. And he was talking about how, wasn't it rumored that like Kenya did something like that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like Kenya was pretty open about, you know, needing IVF to have a child. And again, like it is just, uh, yeah. No, I think there was like a travel component of it. I don't know if she confirmed it or not, but I remember there were like rumors that she traveled to some island. That's so expensive in the United States and insurance doesn't cover it at all. And it's frequently cheaper to go stay in a luxury hotel in another country and then pay for it out of pocket there. Um, Yeah. But I was just, you know, if for like he's been like saying like oh yeah I couldn't have kids with my first wife and then he does all of this stuff publicly with Noella and then even has like a public fake marriage which Sussie's gonna get more into as we talk about like the law from divorce but then to like release all this stuff on like Christmas Eve and talk about this infertility thing and then just to try to somehow prove that you love I don't know what his point was with it was just weird and so messy i think his point was he was trying to like say like i love my son so much like look at how much i went through to like have my son of course i'm in his life still i think that was like the, okay yeah i mean I, the punchline i kind of thought that's what he was doing but it just also seems like really toned up and messy and mean to the ex-wife who you left for this new person and then did all this other stuff with in order to have a kid and then just like posting about it how much i don't know it just seems mean to i don't know if, and weird that i'm kind of rambling yeah. now <laughs> but it does seem to confirm the timeline that sam his like yes. ex-partner put in the complaint like because and i has noella confirmed that they also were dating for like five six years or something or together yeah on the most i think she has yeah the most recent episode like there's i haven't seen any denial in any legal pleadings um from either the ex-wife or Noella, or James, like, uh, denying, like, the timeline. Like, in fact, the... Let me pull that up, because that's really interesting. The ex-wife in says that she just... She realized for the first time in, like, March... I think, was it March of 2000? I need to look it up. That he didn't want to be married to her any longer. And so, and it, like it's like... It's like, she doesn't say what it was... But it seems clear that, like, all of a sudden he was just kind of like, yeah, I'm done with you. 
and mm-hmm. that, that she realized that on that date. And so I'm going to pull that up. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Legal team. Have you guys been on Quince's website recently? I shopped on there like three years ago for the first time and bought myself a bunch of cashmere sweaters. I lived in the black cashmere sweater, lived in it. And I hadn't shopped on there for a while because my cashmere sweaters lasted for a really long time. But I decided to go back on there and, oh my gosh, have they completely expanded everything that they offer. The workwear, they have washable silk. And I mean, it's so affordable. I also shared with you all that I'm recently engaged and I'm in the middle of wedding planning. So anytime I'm shopping, I'm thinking about wedding, 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 wedding. And they have everything I need for the wedding. I just booked my honeymoon. We're going to go to Southeast Asia. It's going to be hot there. And I've been looking for good linen pieces. Guess what? Quince has good linen pieces, and they start at only $30. Then I'm like, okay, we need to get our wedding bands. You know who has fine jewelry now? 14 karat gold, Quince. So I send the link to Avery, and I'm like, you have to get your wedding band from here. It's affordable, and it looks just like any other wedding band. I mean, it looks great. Another thing I'm doing, again, I have wedding on the brain. I want to look my best. So I'm like, okay, I really want cute little matching sets to go work out in. It's the only way I can get motivated. I have to like wear a cute little matching set. I've gotten really into Pilates. And guess what? Quince has the matching sets. They look identical to matching sets I've already purchased from another sports brand. They have the same thing. And at a fraction of the cost, I was able to get two tops and one pair of pants for the same price that I could only get one set at this other sportswear place. I mean, come on. Quince is just killing it. If you've shopped there before, it's time to go back on again. They have just completely expanded the categories of goods that they have to offer. They're not just all about cashmere sweaters anymore. They have got a ton of stuff, and I highly recommend you go check it out. If you're ready to go try out Quince, go to quince.com slash docket to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That is q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash docket to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That is 
an amazing guarantee on their goods. So go check it out. I highly recommend it, guys. Yeah. So it's alleged that there was like the fake wedding ceremony December 31st, 2017. I mean, if they were really seeing each other, who cares if it was fake? I Yeah. But it's like kind of like, why have why not just wait until you're officially divorced and then have like a real wedding? Like why? True. Like what's all the theatrics for? It's like this ceremony on New Year's Eve like while you're still married to your ex-wife and that's not finalized yet and then it's mm-hmm. like why not just like why are you what why are you in a hurry like to do that yeah. like you're right yeah and then he filed from divorce from his first wife September 28 2018 and then she filed this petition that you were talking about in March 2020 the spousal support yeah yeah okay so that's the timeline just so everyone oh, knows let me find a date where she his ex-wife says that she realized, because, like, at the wording of it was, like, even interesting for, like, a leading or a, for a legal document. Okay. I considered January 20th, 2017 to be our date of separation. That was the date when it became apparent to me that it says petition, but I'm just going to say James, that James no longer wished to be married to me. It's like, ooh, it's like there's a lot of subtext there. It's like we don't know what she saw or found out, but that's when she realized he's leaving me for Noella you know yeah so but that was a year before their ceremony yeah 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 it's just mess it's mess and then yeah okay so talk about the i guess i guess for like keeping continuity like talk about go more into like the divorce like the okay the yeah so it claims that this is all again from sam the former partner his complaint so like i said he claims that there was the fake ceremony on December 31st, 2017. Um, claims people were, like, uncomfortable about it because he, they knew he was still married. There's some claims that people, like, really liked his ex-wife, who he was still married to at that time. So I'm just going to call her an ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, or first and wife. He claims that first wife. First wife. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> claims that after the ceremony, um, Noella and James went on this huge honeymoon and charged $86,000 to the firm's American Express credit card. When I first read that, I read it as $8,600. And I was like, mm, okay, fine. $86,000 on like a honeymoon to Singapore and just all over the world. Yeah, like on the firm's credit card. Yeah, like all of these countries, like it, it means Dubai. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Again, like it sounds like that was like, six. That's so much money for like, and it's like you're not you doing? even divorced <laughs> yet, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then the Sam keeps saying that like they held themselves out to as being married despite not actually like legally being married told people oh then they started telling people that they were contacted to be on the real housewives of orange county and sam claims that he was upset that they didn't consult with him about the decision to go on the show which i guess like unless i don't know unless you have like an agreement to do that i don't get why you would consult no because maybe if it like here's why it makes the company look bad it makes sense to me. So, like, that is going to draw a lot of attention to the company. And I they think he even says in there that they had, like, wanted to, like, film in the offices. And it's like, you and I are Housewives super fans. We have watched the shows for years. And the husbands are always, like, even if they don't want to be, they end up being on screen. And so when you have a law firm that you were owned 50-50 with another person and you don't, like 
say, like, I think you would have a fiduciary duty to, like, say, like, here's how I think it will benefit. Here's why I want to do it. And then get the other party to agree to it, because that's going to draw so much attention to you. Like, also, he's the face of that law firm. Sweet James. Yeah. So, like, anything that's going to affect his reputation is going to affect the law firm's reputation. So I really, I feel like I get where the partner's coming from. Like, that should have been, they should have had to be unanimous on, like, that in my opinion. I do feel like, yeah, you're right. He is like the face of it and it is a a business decision. But like if he wasn't bringing up the law firm and he was just keeping it like, I don't know. But yeah, but you should have, you would have an agreement saying like, we're not going to film at the office. I'm not going to talk about cases. I'm not going to, you know, which would be almost impossible with like how he holds himself out and presents himself as, you know, especially if he's on billboards everywhere. It could be if he had... It could be like a like I feel like Girardi until all of that exploded. It mm-hmm. it made like Girardi always looked good on because Erica was like so good at talking him up, and like I feel like that could have looked Girardi until he showed what he was doing. <laughs> like it, he look. I feel like he had like he looked good on the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Like they showed him as like yeah, and she's. I mean, Erica until he like snapped at her, right? Well, Erica like, but even when he did that, it was kind of like it didn't look bad for him or his business. Really, it's just kind of like he was yeah, you know, yeah. I kind of wonder like going back to OC, like how Emily and Shane's firms are businesses or whatever employers yeah emily doesn't handle them being on the show anymore like she's she works with the but shane does shane well yeah where does he work i don't even know where he works he's employed yeah and he was i think working somewhere in utah and that's why he wasn't like super concerned about passing the bar in california of course he was trying but like he was barred in utah you know yeah California is hard as heck i'm avoiding it like the play i mean i like look i feel for shane like like as far as that goes, I don't, you know, he and some people just are not good on TV. So I, it's like, I'm not going to judge. But like, I like him. I think he's hilarious. Like, I don't know. I like his I like his style of humor. It's funny. I haven't watched enough of the OC to have an opinion is what I will say. Like, I will say that, like, the few scenes I have watched with him, he has not come off well. Um, but I don't have... I would say I know the of all of the Real Housewives franchise, I have the least knowledge of the OC. Yeah, I think well, like this season, he's just like not trying to impress anyone, which I like. Yeah, he's just himself. Like, yeah, you know, he's not going to dress up for his party, <laughs> being himself. <laughs> um, that's all to say, I'm like just curious to know if he had to like run it by his employers ahead of time that he was going to be on the Housewives, and you know, yeah, if he had to do any of that. But that's just my curiosity. It's fair enough. Fair enough that. Sam wanted James to, like, come to him to consult about the fact that they were approached by the Real Housewives of Orange County. Well, Going back to... Oh, well, the, real quick, sorry. just a little, one thing. Emily works for the Innocence Project now, which is a really great organization. And if you don't know about it, we think you should Google it. And we have promised part of, like, as soon as we make any profits to donate um, part of our money to that organization because it's a great one. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, that is great. I wish she had more law stuff on, you know, like I wish she brought more of her law stuff to the show. Um, but really like Emily. Okay. Back to the mess. <laughs> Here's another. Back to yeah, mess. back to the mess. <laughs> this is this is really messy. So this is from the complaint. This is an allegation. 
We're not saying this is fact. The law firm, com- like, divorce complaint. Yeah. 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 We are not, we're not saying we believe this. So he claims that he, that James spread hateful stuff through his alter ego, Kenny Brasson. He posted on his firm laptop to white, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning into, a, who's, who's the, like, the cartoon character from Looney Tunes that talks like this. Is it Elmer Fudd? Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm turning into Elmer Fudd. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say any R's right now for some reason. Okay, so he claims that he posted on his firm laptop to right-wing... Why can't I say this? Right-wing alt website. Okay, that is really um, hard to say. And it's one of those things that, wow. that is hard for me to say, like, without my southern accent, which is like... I cannot say it. I'm not, I don't think I've ever had to say that out, out loud. Right-wing alt websites. That is difficult to say. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, like right-wing alt websites. You can't say it without an accent. firm laptop. Right-wing alt websites. Okay. So he claims he was, like, posting on his firm laptop, like, a bunch of, like, racist stuff, just, like, horrible stuff under an alter ego. So that's Probably, true. like, a screen name. That's awful, but we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. He posted, apparently, porn depicting violence against women from this account. Um, And he claimed, Sam claims that James removed some of the posts knowing that they were entering into mediation. So. Okay. So real quick, everybody, I think, knows if you are on your work computer that's owned by your work, you have no expectation of privacy on that computer and they can track everything you're doing. Like they own the computer and they probably are tracking. They don't know if anyone's looking at it, but they're probably tracking what you're doing. So in this case, because this is a law firm, like professional corporation divorce, and they're both attorneys and this Sam hired a forensic computer person to go through and see if, you know, there was anything on his partner's computer because they were both like, going after each other and because the computer and all of that is owned by the law firm he could do that because that's he is Mm -hmm. a representative like a representative and half owner of the firm so he says that he got this information by having a computer forensics person come in and look at the stuff on james's computer yeah yeah crazy even things like your skype chats like on your computer like that it's also discoverable. Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, all that yeah. data is the, like, all that data, all that electronic evidence, all of that, like, metadata, that's all the property of the law, the professional corporation, which was owned equally by Sam. So he could hire somebody to look that up. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, he that's why I bought did. another laptop for the podcast. <laughs> I was like, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not using my employer's uh, laptop. Sam goes on to claim that James neglected his managerial duties for the firm. He claims he missed a flight. This is like one example that Sam gives. James missed a flight to attend a critical meeting in Nevada because he was having sex with Noella and another employee. (laughs) That's an allegation. It doesn't say whether or not it was in the sex dungeon that Noella is so proud of. (laughs) And that she slept in when she was sad, which I thought that was a weird detail to mention. But Oh, I didn't know she said that. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. She she has managed to bring up the sex dungeon on every episode somehow. And it's like, no one's... It's just like, all of a sudden, she's just like, blah, 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 sex dungeon. Like, she will just interject that into, like, 
conversation yeah. that has nothing to do. It's like Emily's like Shane passed the bar, and Noelle is like Sex Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a very like sad looking room. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know I don't what sex dungeons normally sheets. look like, but <laughs> it's like... I f- oh, you need... Uh, wait, no, you have seen it. Carlton. Wasn't Carlton, like, didn't she have one in Beverly Hills? Did she? I thought she just, like, her house was just, like... She was, like, wicked and then... Sex it- everywhere? No, no, no. I, she definitely had a dungeon. Did she? I don't remember yeah. her having a sex dungeon. Now I'm gonna. Now I'm going to have to, like, go look it up. I don't know. So, somehow that's like a recurring theme across housewives, and I just like don't care. <laughs> I don't like, do do, do what you want to do. Like, but it's like I don't care. Yeah. Like, but I don't need. I don't need to know. I, that's not. Yeah. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested no, but... in like petty arguments about whether or not someone tags somebody in an Instagram photo. You know, like I would be <laughs> interested in seeing what they buy for groceries. The boring stuff. I don't need your sex dungeon. Yeah, like, just. Show me, like, what a shopping trip looks like. What do you have in your cart right now at Nordstrom's? I want to see that. I don't want to know about your sex dungeon. <laughs> I want petty, petty arguments that are just ridiculous. Like, you serve champagne in the wrong glass or you sat in someone else's chair. Like, I want petty, petty yeah. garbage. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to be, like, mentored. I want to see. I just want to see, like, what they do and then apply it to my life. Did you see the suitcase of cheese? I was expecting way nicer cheese. And I felt really validated. Like the Louis Vuitton suitcase of cheese in the latest episode. Or like a lot more. I mean, it was a beautiful charcuterie board, I will say. I was expecting fancier cheese. Like, you know, I felt really validated when they talked about the cheese on Watch What Crappens. And I forget if it was Ben or Ronnie. And he's like, it was just like stuff from Trader Joe's, which is great. But I was expecting (laughs) like the finest, like, you know, the finest, like, cheeses from different regions like you know i i like cheese so oh i went yeah same i I went to sonoma last weekend and so jealous gained five pounds off of cheese i am so jealous no regrets (laughs) (laughs) no regrets um yeah so continuing in the complaints sam also claims that sweet james had a sexual relationship not sure if it's the same employee but with an employee who threatened to quit the firm He claims that James bought her off by flying her to Fresno using the company's money. He tried to use the company jet, but got denied. So then he used the company's profits to buy her a flight to Fresno. I don't know why. I know. I thought he put her Um, on the private plane. And I'm like, okay, I would want to go to Singapore if you were buying me off. I'm just saying. (laughs) Not that I would accept bribes, but like. (laughs) Fresno? Do you know about Fresno? Like, it's nothing that's what like, i'm saying i would want to go to singapore yeah. i or take me to hong kong i really want to go <laughs> yeah buy her off to maybe she had like a family trip or something okay, and now was, like, I'll just i would love flight. to go to japan like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you bought her that's not even that long of a flight to fresno that's probably like up and down yeah like between oakland and la it's 45 minutes yeah i'm sure to fresno it's like 20 it's like what's going on here it's like on vanderpump <laughs> rules when lala was like oh we can get on the pj and then they get on the plane and it's like a 10 minute flight <laughs> i mean it apparently was only like eight thousand dollars i was kind of shocked that well then again not because it's like a 10 minute flight but anyway so he paid her off with a flight to fresno and then um, tried to get her salary doubled so as like a. I read it as he I'm did sorry. double the salary and like, but didn't check with uh, didn't check with Sam like because like that's a 
you know, a company decision or whatever. And they only have like 50 employees or something. So like if you're doubling someone's salary, then you should be checking with your partner, like your who owns yeah. half the company. I would take my salary being doubled over being flown to Singapore. So but no, I would she, say I would want both, but I, or he I'm, you and I are out. attorneys and we're good at negotiating. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> you want to do that? You're going to give me a flight to Fresno, Singapore. And yeah. It's like, my salary. My philosophy always is the worst thing they can do is say no. Like, and a lot of times you ask for things and people are like, yes. And then you're like, damn, I should have asked for more. Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So then he claims after he confronted Sweet James about it, James kind of like disappeared from making business decisions. Um, He claims that he had taken overdraws of over $2 million of the firm's money and hadn't reimbursed it. Um, Instead of fixing his behavior, James apparently retaliated, um, stopped attending meetings with him, like in front of the employees. I really liked in the complaint where, because it sounded so childish, like... Where no, I know what you're going to say. Sam was like <laughs> that they would have meetings and that James would just like stand with his back turned like like in the meeting and like, like not looking at him. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that those meetings were really fun to go to. Oh, my God. Like I've <laughs> anyone that's been in like a toxic work environment has experienced something like that where it's like you show up to work and it's like, oh, shit, like I need to go get this from this person but if i ask them and the other person sees me asking them then it's going to be a like it's like a whole it's like such mess such mess such mess especially when it's like smaller like this yeah yeah um so he goes on to claim that because they aren't working well together like sam can't expand their business they can't take advantage of advantageous tax reforms things like that they're just like the business is not being run as it should be because of their conflicts um, he says that they've invested significantly in its strong and reputable brand. They bring up again how much they've expended into making the brand really strong. Yeah. So similar to like the trademark lawsuit that we talked about earlier, he claims that they expended over $17.2 million in advertising and other efforts to grow and expand their brand. Um, and yeah, that's it. Yeah. So like you were saying, there were 88 employees, a little more than 50, but still, but still- a kind of small business if you co-own a business with someone and you're like using the private plane or like like there has okay so like you have corporate bylaws that are supposed to say like how you can do what or what this you know corporate assets can be used for you there's rules and you're supposed to like follow them and do what's best for the company opposed to like just what you feel like doing and even 88 employees is still, it's like if you're doubling one of those employees' salaries, you should probably run that by your law partner that owns half the company. Like, it's it's like just like one of those things where, yeah, you kind of have to be, like, reasonable and make prudent decisions that are in the best interest. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just based on all these allegations, and I don't want to, like start rumors or anything but it seems like the 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 thread that they're building or the story that they're building with all of these complaints and stuff or that it seems like is that his company got really successful Mm -hmm. and he kind of like changed a little and maybe that led him into dating noella and divorcing his wife that's just the sense i'm getting just from a high level bird's eye view yeah i mean his ex-wife seems like again like just like a very non housewifey normal lovely person that you uh, would just 
probably enjoy spending time with. And again, she matches like the demeanor that he puts off. Like when you just see him with his very, you know, normal looking curly hair, like he like non threatening, you know, like they look when I saw his ex-wife, I was like, those two, if you saw them out together, that makes sense. When you see him and Noella together, it's kind of like he's that's Noella is a choice, <laughs> like a much different yeah. type of choice that men that age sometimes have uh, midlife crises and, you know, make that type of choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're going to end it here. Uh, we are planning to get into all of it, but this is just so freaking juicy that there's just we're so going much. to talk yeah. about. There's just so much. We're going to talk about what Sweet James kind of alleged and then, oh my God, my stomach is growling. Okay, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna talk about what his partner. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about what Sweet James alleged, like in his cross complaint in the law firm divorce, because he had his own things to say. Like they were both pointing fingers at each other. And we're gonna talk yeah. about divorce laws in Puerto Rico. We're gonna talk about the tax stuff in Puerto Rico because James has these tax liens from the federal government and from the state of California for like five or six million dollars, which is a big deal because it's only for like two years. And so we're going to explain like why uh, you would want to have Puerto Rico residency for that and what you have to prove. And then also divorce law in Puerto Rico is a bit different than what we're used to in, you know, California or Texas or somewhere like that. There's some differences which are interesting. So we're going to go into the, yeah. into all of that. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a lot yeah, more it's mess. A lot. There's a lot it's more mess. <laughs> enough for another episode. So we'll end that here. And thank you thanks, for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. The Bravo Docket is part of the ACAST Creator Network.